sports yak. Oh, One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. At Sifpot. We're your movie friends. And our friends really friends. If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do. There's always room. For more movie friends. So sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Stepping out of the writer's room and into the recording. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm going to keep that in. Well, welcome to Sip Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I'm joined by Sip Pop writer uh, Robert. I didn't even realize it was recording yet. I thought you hadn't hit it recording. just started. <laughs> I was looking away. Well, oh, yeah, we got to keep countdown. that in. I can't skip the countdown. <laughs> so. uh, I'm also joined by Joseph. I have a face for radio and a voice for silent movies. <laughs> uh, we write for SipPop.com. We do movie reviews. We do best ever challenges. Uh, other interesting movie-related articles. Lots of good stuff on there. Joseph got a recurring uh, once a month. He takes a look at a, a foreign film um, that is, I think, ideally like less lesser known to American audiences. That, that's the idea, right? Yeah, that's kind of more the idea. Just something that, I mean, it may have gotten like a limited review or release, but not something that's widely known in the States. Yeah, so you won't catch something like Parasite on there. Um, no, you will catch no. some, some really good stuff on there. So Joseph's got that coming out every Oh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, too. So finding a lot yeah. of good stuff that I never would have thought about watching beforehand. Great. Glad you're enjoying it. Um, but on the show today, uh, we're going to talk about uh, three coming attractions. There's a big movie coming up. Uh, and then we'll talk uh, about our SIF topic this week. We'll, we'll got a goat uh, up here, potential goat. Uh, 1921's The Kid. That'll mark it as the oldest film we've ever talked about and the only silent film we've ever talked about, um, at least on the show. Uh, and then we'll explore the B-plot, uh, this one kind of being the, the foundation for a question that Joseph asked uh, me privately earlier. And... Um, uh, then we'll wrap up with a spinoff quick recommend or a warn from each one of us. But first, we got a chance to get our Noah Rise this week. Uh, I thought this would be a fun thing. Uh, Joseph, you are notorious for your mountain of shame at this point. And so, indeed, indeed. Uh, you've kind of turned your best ever challenge entries into an opportunity to knock those off, which is, uh, which is great. Uh, except, yeah. for those, except for those weeks where, you know, I don't know if you've come across this, but if you've ever like watched a movie and then not liked it, but you still have to write about it in a positive way. Well, I about to say I joked about it in the last time I was on, but uh, every which way but loose, Ben had to message me and say, you got tone it down a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I did not like that movie. I hated it. Yeah. That, that was a hard one. Yeah, so I thought uh, I thought let's get a chance to play the list of shame game. Um, they do this sometimes on the uh, Sif Pop uh, Patreon. Um, so if you're a member of Patreon, you can get access to some of those. They do this with new guests, but I thought this would be a fun time to just do this um, every now and then. So the way this is going to work is uh, every uh, each of us have come prepared with three films. Uh, two of them we have seen, and one that we have haven't seen. And the other two of us are going to have to guess um, which film um, we have not seen. So um, I'll go ahead and kick us off. I have, uh, I decided to go with a theme for this. Um, I went with Martin Scorsese movies. So, um, the three movies I have listed are Casino, The Aviator, and Gangs of New York. I have not seen one of these. Which one do you think it is? Hmm. Oh, man. It would help if I have seen any of these. (laughs) (laughs) Casino, Aviator, Gangs of New York. I'm going to take a shot in the dark and guess Gangs of New York. 
Okay. I was going to say Casino. Just because... Oh, wrong. We're both wrong. <laughs> um, what, what was your reasoning, though? My, I was just about to say I would think you have seen Aviator because it's um, the most recent one and it has mm-hmm. DiCaprio. Or is that before or after Games of New York? Actually, it's, I think it's after. after. Mm-hmm. It's after. Okay, yeah. So it's, it's like a most... year or two after. It's not long. So yeah, my point stands. The most recent one it has DiCaprio, a big movie star. So I was like, yeah, I can roll that one out right away. And looks like that was my undoing. Yeah, it's been maybe four years since I've seen Gigs in New York, and I saw Casino about a year ago. Um, my 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 thought was, um, I feel like Casino would be on a lot of people's list because it's just such a long movie. I mean, all mm-hmm. these are long movies, but yeah, um, I actually don't know that I even like desire to see Aviator, um, but I feel like it's got enough clout that I, know, like, I could count it. Um, I actually just recently watched that like a month or two ago for the first time. And... Is it worth watching? I've heard a lot of mixed stuff on it. To me, it's very low tier Scorsese, and I'm a big Scorsese fan. So, so low, but low tier Scorsese is still, you know, high tier Michael Bay. And <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. It's, if you're looking for something like that, then it's worth watching. But it's not like you know, if you want to fill out your Scorsese or fill out your DiCaprio, then yeah, go ahead. But it's not like you need to seek this out. Perfect. Um, well, uh, since now that we've got a chance to play, Robert, let's go. Let's go with you. What is your three films? I also went themed. Um, I did The Godfather, Goodfellas, and Once Upon a Time in America. Yeah, mm. yeah I got that immediately. Yeah, because so I know we've talked about them before, but I forgot that I had to make this list until <laughs> a little bit. I don't know. I'm probably going to get this wrong. This is not my guess, but if it's The Godfather, I'm going to quietly judge you the rest of the episode. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, what was the last one? Uh, it was Godfather, Goodfellas, Once Upon a Time in America. Yeah, I'm going to take a gamble and say Goodfellas. De Niro uh, mob movies, right? If it's Godfather Part 2. No, it's par- Part 1. Yeah. I just went mob movies, but I, sh- I could have gone Part 2 now that you said that. Uh, no, it's just Once Upon a Time in America. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, I was going to say that. I was going to say is that. A, look, part, these are all well-known movies, but I don't know how many people see Once Upon a Time in America because the director's cut, I hear, is really the one to watch, and it's like four and a half hours. Yeah, it's a monster. Yeah, even the theatrical cut is really long, but everybody's like, you can tell it's just chopped and it's painful to watch. Yeah, I think I it's almost said that. Like, for some reason, I decided to just go with Goodfellas. I almost said Once Upon a Time in America. Just, well, but that, that, that would be a good strategy, though, right? Because if you have seen something like Once Upon a Time in America, mm-hmm. but you haven't seen something like Goodfellas, like, obviously, you're going to guess Once Upon a Time. So, yeah, yeah that would yeah, be a good strategy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's what happens when we spend so much together. Uh, yeah, Joseph, let's talk about movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> generally. Uh, let's hear about your your three. What are your three? Well, I mean, I, I told you guys before the show, I laughed when I saw the uh, this uh, particular game because on the uh, Cinemasins Discord recently, we've been doing a lot of uh, quiz nights. And this is despite, decided uh, to inspire me to have a new category. So, uh, Chris, Laura, Cooch, you've been warned. But uh, I didn't have a theme. I just uh, went with uh, Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans. Anchorman and X Men First Class. What? I've never heard of that first one. Uh, I actually decided to make the note about it because I figured you probably hadn't. But uh, the first ever Oscars, it won the award for best unique and artistic film, which is the only time that award has ever been given. Okay, so whatever that first film was, what were your other two options? <laughs> Anchorman and X Men First Class. Uh, I told a fr- another friend, good friend of mine, about this and. She, she's just like you, you've got to watch more movies you've got to watch right. more 
I'm going to guess X-Men First Class, and the reason being is it's the middle of a franchise, and so ideally you would want to work up to that. So that's going to be my guess. Robert, what do you got? Oh, I was also going to say X-Men, but for a slightly different reason, and that's just because out of all the movies I've heard Joseph talk about, uh, it's never been superhero movies, so that's my guess. <laughs> I mean, that That's not a bad uh, way to guess, because... I mean, like the MCU is one big thing with this friend of mine. She she's threatened to strap me to a chair and make me watch the entire <laughs> MCU. Uh, but you are actually both wrong. I've seen uh, X Men First Class. It actually might be the only X Men movie I've seen. I mean, to be oh, fair, God. it's a pretty okay starting point. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's a good movie. It's a soft yeah. reboot. Uh, so, what's the one you haven't seen? Anchorman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that. the one I haven't seen. I me- I remember I mentioned it the last time I was on, being on the list of shame. So I figured I'd throw it in there to see if uh, uh, Aaron, you'd catch it. We will definitely talk about Anchorman later. Uh, you should uh, watch that before Don't Look Up comes out to get your Adam McKay in. Yeah, uh, I, I'm sure. I mean, I, very I need similar. to. <laughs> I, I, dev- I definitely I mean, need to. Set comedic satires, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, uh, uh, I will definitely say the Sunrise Song of Two Humans. It's it. 1927. <laughs> I would highly recommend it to you guys. So. It's a very good movie. It and the other, the movie that actually won Best Picture that year, which is Wings. Both of them are excellent. Yeah, no, I figured something that kind of out there, um, you had definitely seen. And that definitely sounds like your kind of movie. You kind of see those those, uh, prestigious, um, and especially like, hey, this is a prestigious movie that you've never seen. Like, I mean, mean, we are on record of me saying that I did like eight and a half, so. That's true. That's true. One of three of us today. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't remember what the heck that movie was last time we recorded. <laughs> yeah, I remember I watched it and I'm just like, dang it, Aaron, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm right frequently. Uh, let's see if Joseph can be right. I got the random question. Um, I've actually decided to do one thing. So uh, Joseph gets the hard question because uh, oh, no. because he, because he um, said something in Slack. And so, you know, I got to hold him to it. Um, so some, I think somebody dared me to to give him a tougher question. So, um, so uh, Robert, you're going to have a completely separate question. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yours is going to be the one that I normally oh prepared for. Uh, oh, Joseph, uh, let, let's do this. Uh, how much do you think I weigh? <laughs> <laughs> That's rude. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh... Hey, that is less rude than some of the other things I was reading to you guys before we started. <laughs> That's true. There, there was one question. The answer clearly was last night, but I'm not. Flattery will earn you no points. Yeah, uh, we're going for accuracy. Accuracy will earn you points. I'm going to <laughs> guess 210 pounds. Wow. Um, no, you're you're quite a bit off. I'm, I weigh 280 pounds. I know you can only see like my top half. Um, yeah, I'm I'm six foot three, so like that that know. helps. That helps. Yeah. I, for some reason, in my mind, you and I are the same height, and I look much heavier than you do. So. Yep. So, um, I wish I could be two ten with my current height. That would so be, do I. So do that I. Would be great. Uh, Robert, um, you ready for your question? Uh, no, I'll be honest. <laughs> Don't worry. This one's this oh, one's pretty Lord. straightforward. I thought um, this episode's coming out um, right the day before Thanksgiving. So, do you have any Thanksgiving oh. traditions? Uh, <laughs> not Very different no, questions. Yeah, not really any different than what I've heard other people have. You know, just get together with so, family. gorging. Eat. We're talking about gorging. Yeah, eat a lot of food, spend a lot of time with family, watch some TV. Uh, don't really watch football anymore, so not that, but just basically just chill. Macy's Parade? Yeah, Macy's you just Parade just look out morning. your window and see it? Yeah. Yeah, about, when it comes to right football, I can't blame you. Although, to be fair, I'm not a big fan of the NFL, but if you can look behind me, you can tell I'm a college football fan. 
Mm. Oh, is that Lots. what the big orange tea is? Yeah, that's what the big orange tea is, yes. Yeah. No vols. Um, nice. Uh, Joseph, what about you? You can answer this question as well. Do you have any, like, Thanksgiving traditions? Uh, not. T- I don't really have many real inset traditions. Oddly enough, this year is going to be the first year I'm actually not going to be celebrating Thanksgiving in my home state. Because tomorrow we're heading down to Houston, Texas to help my brother move. So it's going to be an interesting experience that way. But yeah, just the usual like turkey dressing, mm-hmm. uh, just eating until you have a coma. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. N- nothing really out of the ordinary special for us. Um, used to be the, you know, the parade is usually on in the football game, usually on in the background. And some people care to watch it and other people don't. Yep. Um, but now that I'm older and I like cooking, like I like to help cooking mm. now um, oh yeah cooking is fun um and i get to like i get to eat several thanksgiving meals now because we go to my wife's family for thanksgiving and ideally we go to my parents for thanksgiving and like usually our church does something and then usually like our my ministry that i work for does something so there's usually at least like four opportunities thanksgiving um which i won't complain about um because thanksgiving food is the best kind of food uh, indeed other than breakfast but um <laughs> Yeah, you're correct. <laughs> um, well, that'll do it for the the intro. I feel like we've gotten a chance to to embarrass Joseph a little bit, and uh, <laughs> let's, we can do it a little bit more as we go. But uh, I mean, we'll, we'll, I do that. I do that fine on my own. So we'll do the coming attraction. Um, we have three films to talk about. Now, I will mention um, Disney has a new animated film called Encanto coming out. Um, that one's also coming out and is probably going to be a bigger release than at least at least going to make more money than some of these movies, but. Um, you know, Disney animation is a lot of them are, you know, they're mostly good. Right. And, um, you know, I don't know that there's anything necessarily like special or different about Encanto that really made it. We really got to talk about this one. Um, but I did want to talk about, um, we got the house of Gucci, the new Ridley Scott, a joint licorice pizza. I believe this is a limited release this week. I think it doesn't open wide until Christmas, but we do have a limited release. I believe for licorice pizza, the new Paul Thomas Anderson venue. And there's a new movie called Welcome to Resident Evil, a reboot uh, of the Resident Evil. Uh, it's uh, uh, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon, uh, Raccoon oh, City. So. You're right. Uh, you're Resident right. Evil, Welcome to Ra- Raccoon City. That's what I get for not writing it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will uh, talk about each of these three. Um, Joseph, you're our guest. Why don't you pick which one we're going to talk about first? Well, you know what? I think I'm going to do what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a D4 here, just roll it. Uh, House of Gucci 1, Resident Evil 2, Liquor Speech 3, 4, I re-roll. All right, we're doing licorice pizza first. Licorice pizza. All right, this is a new uh, Paul Thomas Anderson film, as mentioned earlier. Um, IMDb is being really slow um, to load up the synopsis. Uh, no, Bradley Cooper, Maya Rudolph, uh, starring in this as well as um, Skylar Gizondo, um, Sean Penn, uh, Emma Dumont, um, Elena Haim plays the, the main character, but I don't recognize her. Um, that could just uh, John Michael Higgins, uh, Mary Elizabeth Ellis, uh, John C. Riley. Uh, of course, it's a stacked cast because it's a Paul Thomas Anderson film. Uh, synopsis is the story of Alana Kane and Gary Valentine growing up, running around, and going through the treacherous navigation of first love in the San Fernando Valley, 1973. Um, you guys know how we do this. Uh, the uh, anticipation scale that we have is uh, take away COVID uh, from the world, take away all that, take away um, anything that keeps you. Uh, Let's say these are all theatrical releases. I think these are all exclusively theatrical releases. Um, so um, the only thing keeping you there is, or getting you there, is your free will, not uh, 
uh, not a sense of obligation or not a sense of, you know, it doesn't fit in the budget anymore or whatever. Um, the only thing that keeps that gets you there is your free will. How soon would you be interested in checking this film out? Would you catch it opening weekend? Would you wait for a discount night? Would you wait till you can rent it at home? Wait till it's on a streaming service you already paid for? Or are you just not interested in it? Joseph, we'll start with you. I'm kind of flip-flopping mentally right now between matinee and opening weekend. I don't know why, but something just about this movie hit for me watching the trailer. Okay. It, it could be entirely because of the fact they picked if, Is There Life on Mars for the uh, music, so. Sure, could be. Could be. I mean, that's a good song, so that could be it. But yeah, it, it's kind of flip-flop between the two of those. It looks really interesting and almost, I would want to say, right up my alley. So, Sure. What about you, Robert? Well, I want to throw out first, did you mention Cooper Hoffman, the other lead? Philip Seymour Hoffman's son? Um, uh, I don't think I did. So. Yeah, he's, he's oh, the other yeah, lead. Because he has no picture on IMDb. Right, and I'm just kind of—I was just kind of looking. It also says uh, Benny Safdie as well. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman, frequent collaborator with Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, I guess when you're a big name with three names, then that's what you do. That's a delightful um, little trivia. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, I'm opening weekend. I'm a big fan of PTA. So as soon as I, uh, as soon as that comes anywhere near me, I'll be watching it. Yeah, um, I'm not necessarily a PTA fan. Um, I think I've only seen There Will Be Blood. Uh, and Boogie Nights. So I've, I've seen those two. Um, I don't think I've seen... I haven't seen The Master. I haven't seen Punch Drunk Love, Magnolia. Those are all on my list. I just haven't seen them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen uh, There Will Be Blood. And I mean, if that movie is any indication of my opinion of Paul Thomas Anderson, it, I'm probably going to really enjoy this one. Yeah, I need to give that one a rewatch because I didn't really like it the first time I saw it. Um, and so I know I'm in the minority on that. Uh, I yeah, really like out of that movie, I'm sitting here just like, thinking that entire movie. It's like, man, Paul Dano's character. I just wanted to punch in the face, and then we get to the end. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't necessarily have any baggage to the name Paul Thomas Anderson um, uh, yet. Um, so I'm gonna go with uh, probably a discount night as well because um, this this looks kind of a, a really like a really a really delightful awkward is kind of the vibe that I got from this. Like, is that is that what you picked up? No, that's weird. That's my vibe. Uh, like, like it looks, it looks like a kind of awkward that I kind of like, like, like we saw the trailer attached to one of the movies that me and my wife saw, and she's like, "What the hell even was that?" I'm like, "I don't know," but I kind of loved it. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind, that's kind of the vibe I got. Um, and I, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rush to see this movie. Um, but I, um, yeah, I, I think this, this should be a delightful film. Yeah, well, like I said, time... it, look, it looks like to me it's gonna be really good. So. Yeah. Last time I was on here, we talked about Last Night in Soho, or we were like looking forward to Last Night in Soho. And it's kind of the same thing. Uh, Though I don't love PTA as much as I love Edgar Wright. It's basically, I see the name of the director slash writer and I see the cast and I'm like, I don't care what this is about. I'll be watching as soon as I can watch it because you guys were talking about your baggage or lack thereof PTA, but like, I really love Magnolia, There Will Be Blood, The Master and Boogie Nights. Uh, and I like Hard Eight, Punch Drunk Love, Phantom Thread, Inherent Vice are uh, different levels of okay to not very good in my opinion. But when you're six for eight with like at least four or five of those being great, then you just have my uh, you have my money for each movie that you're going to release. Um, and this is ba- this basically looks like his version of you know American Graffiti, Days and Confused, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, that sort of thing, just like. Never the seen high school of movies are old. Nor have so, I. Those but yeah, are all great. Yeah, I do get that vibe. Um, yeah, the, uh, I've never seen any of those. This looks like, 
I mean, Superbad would be kind of the example because Superbad has that like retro feel, but like this doesn't look like as you know dirty as Superbad or anything like that as yeah. as like I mean, which is weird because it definitely looks like it has the same content. It's just handled in a mature, more mature way. Well, Superbad is kind of like a product of its time, taking place at the time when it was made. Yes, all of the ones that I was talking about are like looking back, you know, a filmmaker looking back at a time that was meaningful to them, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Um, so that that's that kind of seems like what Licorice Pizza is going to be. That's a good different, differential. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't see any of the ones you mentioned, but uh, they're they're all, all on my list, I think, to get yeah, around I, to at some if, point. If I haven't put them down yet, it's just because I hadn't thought about them when I was making the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, I really like these styles, though. Like, I really love when, uh, when a filmmaker, like, can can attach themselves to a point in time and uh and make something about something that's special to them i think it's great oh yeah um you know when when filmmakers care about their stuff that's uh, a good sign that at least there's going to be something to like out of these yeah i saw a tweet that was actually knocking the movie but that kind of made me want to see it more uh i'm gonna pg-13 the tweet but it said it looks it was pca not giving a heck and doing whatever he wants and i'm like all right, great. I'm in. Perfect. Well, so he's gonna do whatever he wants. Sold. But yeah, look, exactly. there are directors that you can let them do whatever the heck they want, and that is a total pro, right? Like Edgar Wright, Shane Black, uh, maybe not Christopher Nolan. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, I feel like recent examples mean no. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, Shane Black, Edgar Wright, uh, to me would be Taika Waititi. Um, you you let them do what they want, um, and then you're gonna get a good product. Um, Zack Snyder, on the other hand, no, you, you um, need to rate him in yeah. a little bit. So, so I feel like Paul Thomas Anderson would fall on the uh, on the Edgar Wright side of the like that. It's exciting if you're like they just do whatever they want. So, well, I I put it more along the lines of you know Scorsese and The Irishman, but then like Taika Waititi and Thor Ragnarok. But yeah, I I know what you mean. Right, right. Well, yeah, and me, I think Scorsese is also one of those guys that he could just. Pull, pull it back just a little bit, buddy. Yeah, you know, the Irishman didn't need to be three and a half hours, or, you know. I'm still debating if that one... Let me try that again. I'm still debating if that one belongs on the list of shame, so... Well, you, have you seen it? No. Uh, well, well you have to see the other Scorsese gangster stuff to really appreciate it, I think. It's, you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> look, it would be worth checking out, but, like, if you put it at the very bottom of your list of shame... Um, yeah. No like, yeah, it's worth watching, but it's one. not something that we need to worry about right now. Right, right. Yeah, my point is that PTA is kind of more obviously nowhere near as old as Scorsese, who just turned something like eighty-eight or something just a couple of days ago. Yeah, but I put him more in the conversation of someone like that, someone sure from sure. past Hollywood before franchises became the thing in like the early two thousands. Um, so I put him in that sort of auteur camp, um, not campiness, but like. That camp. So, well, I, PTA's, I put him around there. He's yeah. also one of those guys that only comes out with a movie every several years. I mean, was yeah. the last one he did Phantom Thread? Yeah, his last one was Phantom Thread, and that was like 2017. Right, and I mean, we mentioned was, you, you kind of mentioned Magnolia, and like that was one of his first, and that was like in the 90s. Like, he's made six or eight, but it's been 30 years, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that's not a bad sign, in my opinion. Not like not like an idea like that is coming out with out. like eight films this year alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, which makes a good transition which does make a good transition <laughs> very good uh, to house of gucci uh the other uh, ensemble piece coming out this week uh this one is actually coming out this week uh, it looks yeah. like uh licorice pizza is releasing christmas day worldwide but like i said i'm pretty sure it's limited release 
um, for now. So I figured we'd still talk about it. Uh, directed by Ridley Scott, based off of a book by Sarah Gay Forden. Um, screenplay by Roberto uh, Bentevig- Bentevigna. I really should try to pronounce it before we start recording. Uh, and screenplay by Becky Johnson. Starring Adam Driver, Lady Gaga, Al Pacino, Jeremy Irons. Uh, Jack Houston, Jared Leto, Salma Hayek. Um, yeah, other people that I'm missing that should be noted. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I don't recognize them, but that doesn't mean they're not worth noting. Um, new Redley Scott venture. Uh, Robert, we'll start with you. What's your anticipation level? Uh, opening night, as soon as I can get there. I'm Yeah, I'm watching this as soon as I can. Would I'm you say like more enthusiastically than Licorice Pizza if you have the choice to watch one of them open? Oh, night? man. I don't know because they're so different. <laughs> equal equal you're gonna go see them both opening night just uh yeah I would, if i if if they were both playing i would try to do a double feature yeah i could i don't know if i could choose just because it's like apples to oranges you love them both but you don't really love one more than the other so i like oranges more than apples but uh in for my example <laughs> but i know what you mean yeah <laughs> joseph what about you this one, honestly, when I first kind of read about it, I was going to be like, oh, this is probably going to be a rent. And then I saw who all was in it, saw who was directing it, watched a trailer, and it vaulted it immediately into just... If I regularly went to movies opening weekend, this would definitely be an opening weekend movie for me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be right on that border of opening weekend and matinee. Um, a little bit more enthusiastic, but still not quite completely you know, in on it. Um, gosh, and this, this cast is stacked. Uh, I really like everybody in this cast adam driver is one of my favorite work people lady gaga i think is is fine pacino is very hit or miss um leto is very hit or miss um yeah i was about to say when i saw jared leto and this was like oh no i don't think i'm gonna like this and i see jeremy irons i'm like okay no i'm sold <laughs> yeah i like jeremy irons i like salma hayek uh, it's like but- i said about aragon you have jeremy irons in this movie how did you make a bad movie <laughs> well he's been in plenty of bad movies uh, that's um, fair yeah Remember, he was in Batman vs. Superman. Um, I thought you were naming bad movies. <laughs> uh, I know you've come around to, to that. Um, so, uh, look, I, I'm, kind of my big hang-up is I really like Ridley Scott as a filmmaker, but he does drop the ball in big ways. Um, it, it's not necessarily happened recently, but, like, my biggest example is, like, I, I don't like Body of Lies. I think it's a bad movie. Um, although somebody fought me on Slack. I think because I said that and they were like, hold on, Body of Lies is a great movie. I really didn't like it. Um, but like it was Leonardo DiCaprio and Russell Crowe in yeah. 2007. Like, how do you make that a bad movie? It was. And Ridley um, Scott, yeah. So I feel like, I, I don't know, this is maybe me just trying to tamper my expectations. I do think this film is going to be really good. But maybe it's just me trying to be like, look, if we don't expect, you know, the the Ridley Scott that made The Martian, um, you know, which is maybe my favorite movie he's ever done. Uh, it's either that or Alien. Um, uh, you know, if we don't, if we don't expect that Ridley Scott, then we'll be you know, surprised. Yeah. It's, it's like I described about a couple of games that I've played that just everyone just disliked. It's like, if you don't set the bar high for the other game, like where the other games of the series are, you're going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Don't always set that bar high just because of the name attached. Right. Well, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look at like maybe the last time they had a, you had a big flop. I mean, I know, uh, I know some people don't ha- hold the alien prequels in high regard. I know I do, and Robert does as well. Um, Prometheus uh, more so than Covenant, but I still do like Covenant. Yeah, I think I like Covenant more than Prometheus. But I mean, I, I saw the Sins videos. Think I'm for sure wrong on that. Um, Last Duel was great. Um, I know, I know, Robert. You saw Exodus: Gods and King, and you said it was kind of decent, right? I actually surprisingly really liked it, um, but I'm in the minority on that. 
Yeah. Uh, so, Big like, time. the Counselor in Robin Hood and Body of Lies, those three kind of back-to-back. Um, well, Prometheus was between. Prometheus was in there. Yeah. But, like, the Counselor is kind of that big example of a big Ridley Scott ensemble piece that nobody liked when it came out, right? Mm-hmm. Unless I'm forgetting, misremembering. Yeah, so, I, before Last Duel came out, what, two months ago? Um, yeah. I was, like, looking at my Ridley Scott history, and I was like, man, I like most of the movies that I've seen from him which was maybe a third of his movies. So I've been going back and trying to fill them all in before these two come out. Um, and I've noticed a trend, which is that when he does sci-fi fantasy or period pieces, that's when he's at his best. Yes. Um, so like, you know, you, you mentioned the last duel, the alien movies, all, all the ones that he's done. Um, Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Exodus, in my opinion, gladiator, uh, what the last duel you know that that sort of stuff is all really good um and then what's really hit or miss is when he tries to do something grounded yeah. so i was looking through and i think thumb and louise matchstick matchstick men and the counselor are all good to great um and i'm again in the minority and counselor but then you have stuff like a good year body of lies and hannibal which are like oof what's going on here um stick to doing big stuff because that's what you're good at yeah and i think what's really going to make or break it for me i still have to watch all the money in the world and American gangster. Those are like two of his, you know, ensemble grounded ones mm-hmm. that kind of seem in line with house of Gucci. So depending on how much I like those, that's, that's going to be my expectation for house of Gucci going in. Yeah. But it's also lady Gaga and Adam driver being campy. And <laughs> I, I just want to see it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the, I never saw all the money in the world, but, it was one of those that as soon as it came out, everybody was like, forgot about it. They're like, Oh, this was supposed to be an awards contender. Right. Yeah. No way. Well, then, Christopher uh, Plummer got right. nominated and it was more talked about because of I, the, that I think weirdo we, that I was think in we, it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, again, I haven't yeah, seen it. Guy. I think he more so got nominated because we all knew he came in and filled it, filled it's in true. a month before the movie released. Um, uh, but they're, uh, I, I recall really liking American gangster. It's just a, a long thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like that kind of, has to be yeah so i'm saying i think i think that one is is uh it, i know it has a good reputation as well yeah it does um but yeah uh you you kind of mentioned uh lady gaga and adam driver kind of doing that camping and lady gaga just looks like she's just chewing this movie like eating the eating up the scenery like she looks like she's having a blast and that looks uh, oh, yeah, she, that, that's part of what kind of sold me on this movie seeing just this movie, yeah. see, seeing her in the trailer that, that really sold me on this movie too yeah that and I originally was thinking, oh, it's just going to be just about the Gucci brand. I don't really care for that. Then I, then I read into the history of Gucci and was like, oh, okay, this actually might be something that's going to be really cool to watch. Yeah, this is one of those movies that uh, I saw the trailer a couple months back in theaters once, and I really can't tell you much about it, but it's like, I, I, I prefer it that way. I feel like I've seen this trailer 10,000 times now because it plays before every single movie. I Well, you go to the movies to every release. It's True. been a hot second since I've been. Um, I think yeah. uh, Eternals was the last time I went. Um, I won't say when the last time I went was. It's so. much, much longer. Moneyball? <laughs> no, <laughs> not that far back, but no. It uh, was before the pandemic hit since I've been to a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Well, um, what's funny about Lady Gaga is that you there's stories already of her doing being method. Like not getting rid of her Italian accent and treating people like her character would. And you don't hear that often from actresses. Um, there's a quote from Pattinson, Robert Pattinson, where he was talking about the me- was talking about method acting, and he said, "You realize people only do that when they have to play assholes." And uh, <laughs> um, yeah, 
Now just give him an apple. <laughs> so that's why you hear like Jared Leto doing it for the Joker, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so I'm I'm kind of just interested to <laughs> see. Daniel Day-Lewis doing it for my left foot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like. Realistically, Daniel Day-Lewis doing it for yes. <laughs> yeah. Anything. So I'm just interested to see, like, does Lady Gaga actually have an, a performance going on or is she just doing a funny Italian accent? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, in A Star is Born, she's great. I think. Yeah. Um, but in this, it just seems like she's doing her funny Italian accent. But again, that's based off a two and a half minute trailer. I thought there was something else I had seen her that I liked. But you're right. She's good in a star. Um... So you asked about uh, Thanksgiving dinner. And I think my prayer before Thanksgiving dinner is going to be Father, Son, and House of Gucci. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I really do. Uh, yeah, no, it looks like she's just been in... Uh... Uh, apparently she was in an episode of The Sopranos before she ever had a, a, Music a singing career. Wow, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Wasn't she in uh, American Horror Story? She did a season of that. Yeah, she did she? a season of that, which I never saw. Um, she had a cameo in Men in Black 3. Let's not forget her role in Machete Kills. Yeah. Um, the Sopranos, Girl at Swimming Pool number two. You weren't lying. Yeah, Sin City, A Dane to Kill for... Yeah, maybe I'm just thinking wrong. Uh, no, I really like her in *The Star Is Born*. You're right; she's great. Maybe you're thinking of Madonna in *A League of, her, of Their Own*. Maybe. <laughs> I'm like, who? Who can you confuse Lady Gaga for? Not many people. Exactly. No, not many. Not she many. just has that air about her where you're just like, I know exactly who this person is. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. Same with Jared Leto, but for completely different reasons. Well, uh, let's move on then to our last film that we'll talk about for just a hot second: *Resident Evil*. Welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, this is a, a reboot of the Resident Evil film franchise, uh, directed and written by Johannes Roberts, most known for *Strangers Pray at Night* and the two 47 Meters Down* movies, um, starring uh, uh, Kaya Scolidario. I think that's the the daughter from the last Pirates movie. Yeah, I think uh, so. I like her. Um, yeah, and she's um, Robbie Amell, um, who was like the Flash, Neil McDonough, Hannah John Cameron, who played uh, or Cameron, who played a uh, ghost in *The Wasp*. Uh, Donna Logue. I uh, uh, don't see anybody else. That. But anyway, that's what we got coming out. Uh, I'll kick us off this time. Uh, guys, uh, I, I'm actually really excited to see this one. Uh, um, oh, I know. No. Look, look. Oh, no. And, and I'll, I'll have to explain why. Uh, I'm still going to go ahead and go in the matinee section as well. Uh, but realistically, like, I kind of am most excited to see this one. Um, I, I, I for sure think it's going to be the worst of the three movies released this year or this week. But. Uh, I, there is something about this that I, I will just have to explain myself, but first let me hear you guys say you're not interested in this movie. Robert, I'll let you go ahead and go first. Yeah. It's funny that, uh, I think you'll be able to tell just the general interests of the three of us based on what we're interested in, in these three movies, because I'm into PTA Ridley Scott and like, I have no interest whatsoever. I've never played, uh, the game. I think I watched like 10 minutes of one of the movies at like a sleepover in middle school or high school, mm-hmm. but I have no relationship to Resident Evil. So I, yeah, yeah, I, that's literally all I have to say about it. I won't even yep. be able to have a conversation with you. Uh, I mean, at the moment, unless there was a lot of people who come out and say, oh my God, this is an excellent movie year. I'm, I almost want to say, I want to include a category of it's on TV and there's literally nothing else on right now. That would be mm. streaming service. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that would be but that. I mean, it's just, I mean, the Resident Evil games, I've tried to play them before. I'm terrible at them. And also, I'm on record as not being a horror fan. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just, this is entirely out of my wheelhouse. And like I said, a lot of people come out and say, this is a really good movie. Go see it. Sure, I might then bump it up to rent. But uh, it's not one that's going to go out of my way to get to. 
Well, like Robert, I have no history with the movies. I think I've seen a part of the first one or two, and uh, they were terrible. Um, I really hated them. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I have not watched much of the movies other than just a couple of things. I have a cousin who loves the movies, and I question daily how we're related. But I know some people like I know Dicer has talked about how he really enjoys watching the movies. He's like they're not good, but they're they're a special kind of something that is worth watching. So like mm-hmm. I, I understand how people, and I don't think anybody would ever call these good. Yeah, um, no, least, I understand at least that. a good time. Um, I did not have that experience. Um, I don't. I don't desire to see any of the previous ones. Uh, but the the games have absolutely nothing to do, or the with the move, absolutely nothing to do with the movies, um, because the games are their own thing, and the movie decided to go a different direction. Just kind of take yeah. I about to say, I, I want to give the movie some credit and the people who wrote and directed this some credit because they at least are going the route of taking more than just borderline inspiration from the games. They're actually. Kind so, of almost adjacent to the games, almost. So, so here's here's where this movie gets me into really excited about this. Is um, this is this looks like a movie of um, the storylines of Resident Evil two and three, mm-hmm. and Resident Evil two, especially the remake that was released a couple years ago, is a top five video game of all time. For um, it is a nearly perfect game. Um, it's got suspense. Um, and it's got puzzle solving, and it's clever, and it's smart, um, and these I really like the characters because you spend so little time with them. Um, I don't really like horror stuff, um, but I do love survival horror video games. Um, Resident Evil 2 is a top five video game of all time for me, and Resident Evil 3 is fine. It's just nowhere near as good um, as Resident Evil 2, but it's still good. Um, so it's the fact that this looks like a Resident Evil 2 and 3 um, remake, and it looks like they're going to spend more time doing 2 since I love the video game so much, and this looks like there are there are moments from the trailer that you're like, oh, that's from the game, um, or there are moments where you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen next, or like they're yeah. going to introduce this character, and that's going to be really cool. Um, as a fan, as a big fan of Resident Evil 2, uh, I'm excited for this movie. Uh, but if you would have asked me when they announced it, I'd have been like, nope, not even not even a little interested. But when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, that actually looks like like the games, and so for that reason, I'm in. Yeah, I mean, that may just be what the saving grace of this movie is, too. Just the fact that they're leaning more into the storyline of the games as opposed to just we're going to try to do something original and it's just tangentially based on the games. Well, here's what we'll do. Robert, I'll go see Resident Evil and I'll tell you if it's good or not. And you go see House of Gucci and you tell me if it's Last Duel or Body of Lies. Sounds good. And I'll go order a licorice pizza and see if that is any good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you go let us know about licorice pizza in a month when it comes out. All right. Cool. Um, All right. Well, that'll do it. Um... Uh, probably a couple surprises in there, uh, but uh, maybe not. Um, so let's talk about our goat this week. Uh, we got a, a film coming out, uh, or not a film coming out, a film that we talked about. It already came out uh, almost a hundred years ago. Uh, uh, it's actually, been over a hundred years ago. I think it was in January when it was officially a hundred years. Yeah, I didn't know when the official release date was. So there we go. Uh, hundred hundred years uh, to the year. Um, uh, not to, not to the month or anything like that. Uh, the kid uh, streaming on HBO Max. Uh, if you're interested in finding it, I also saw apparently you can find it on IMDb. Um, which is that? Um, but I guess it's only a you, Prime extension anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you don't pay for HBO Max, you can still watch it because it's free. You just have to deal with ads being sufferable. Um, let's see. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the legacy for this movie. It has an 8.3 on IMDb, which makes it the 103rd highest rated film of all time. Um, which broke my spirits a little bit because then I looked up like Charlie Chaplin to kind of like see his IMDb page. Um, and then 
it said apparently he he must get a thanks credit or something in Joker because then it's like things you might have seen him in and it says Joker and Joker has an eight point four on IMDb. It's like the eighty six yeah. highest rated movie of all time. And I'm like, guys, no. Um, this was this was out before Metacritic was a thing, obviously, as well before Rotten Tomatoes. But Rotten Tomatoes allows reviews later, so this has a rare hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, um, a feat that even Paddington Two couldn't achieve. Hey. <laughs> Pour one out for Paddington Watch it. Too. <laughs> Missed it by that much. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, this should also be noted. This is the oldest film in IMDb's top 250. Um, and uh, this is a 4.1 letterboxed aggregate. That's. Um, I, I feel like I'll probably start including that because um, that's worth noting. Um, so uh, this was also uh, inducted into the National Film Registry in 2011 uh, on its 90th anniversary. And there's a Criterion release, which is how I watched this movie. Um, so, uh, Joseph, what's your history with this movie? Had you seen it before? Um, was this your first time? If, if if you hadn't seen it before, what was the thing that, like... I mean, I mean this was definitely a big one that has was on my list of shame for a long time, including with a lot of Charlie Chaplin movies. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, I've already talked about how a lot of these older, older movies kind of appeal to me, just seeing how cinema has evolved over the years. And, I mean, Charlie Chaplin is, for all his maybe possible personal faults... He is hugely influential when it comes to films. Right. So, I mean, just his work is something that I very much want to watch and just kind of get an idea of what it was like when he was doing films and when he kind of, as movies evolved, how he had to evolve as well. Which, I mean, when I watched The Great Dictator, I could definitely tell there were inspirations in his silent movie days going into the sound movies. So, I mean, it was very much something that I wanted to actually go back to and actually catch up on his work. And this is just a huge one that is on his filmography that I wanted to see. It would probably be fair to say either this or The Great Dictator is his most known work, right? Yeah, I would definitely say that. It's one of the two. I don't know which one. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would say necessarily either might be his best work. I mean, we'll get to that more, but True. definitely it's the, it's the one that he's known for the most. Uh, Robert, I think you had seen this one before, right? Yeah, I I had seen it, and yeah, I, I liked it. I wanted to watch it again. Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah I had not seen it. Just because, uh, yeah, kind of like we had talked about, it's just not, uh, um, not. And I, I don't think I've ever seen a silent film before, um, so this would be my first foray into that. Um, but I feel like this is like a great foray into that. So, um, yeah, great introduction uh, to silent film. Um, I've really had an itch to to watch some of these older ones because uh, ever since watching uh, um, Cinema Paradiso with kind of all the love and respect that they show to those older films, I've just been dying to watch some of these but i also feel like a lot of the ones that i own or have access to i'm sure we'll talk about at some point on the goats so it's just like i don't want to watch it now to rewatch it you know like maybe potentially a couple months later yeah the good thing about some of these also is they're actually like this one specifically i know is in the public domain so it's there's some that are pretty easy to actually find and watch yep yeah that's a that's a good thing um so um robert you're the one that has history with this movie do you like it love it hate it dislike it or think it's just okay uh, we'll say high side of like it, Porter on love it. Okay. Joseph, what about you? I'm going to say the same thing. I'm kind of on the high side of liked it, low side of loved it. Honestly, if I had watched this before I watched The Great Dictator, I probably would be fully in the loved it category. It's just okay. that how much he's evolved, he evolved from 1921 to 1940, I believe, is when The Great Dictator came out. Just that evolution is substantial enough to where I just feel there's a bit of a difference there. So. Sure. 
Uh, guys, I really love this movie. Um, I'll say firmly right and loved it. Uh, this is like not an all all timer for me. Uh, this is really good though. Uh, one of my favorite experiences uh, watching watching the. Um, I haven't put it in my letterbox list yet to kind of see where it ranks among our uh, among our current running goats. But yeah, um, big fan. Um, the goats are running. Uh, where are they going? Uh, <laughs> We got to move it to another field there, Robert. We're going to Resident <laughs> Evil, Raccoon City. Um, <laughs> okay, no, I think no, uh, no. I honestly think I only have one part of the movie that just didn't resonate with me, and it's the scene where everybody's dressed up as the angels. I was about to ask, uh, is it the dream sequence scene? Because that, yeah, that's the part that hit me the worst too. It, it, I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm just saying it kind of felt out weird. of place. Um, it felt odd. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> You know, it, it felt kind of out of place for me, even though, I mean, I kind of understand why it's in there. I just also don't really understand why it was needed at the same time. Yeah, right. And that's the thing. And I, I don't think it was to pad runtime. I think they're trying to go for like a thematic comparison. And sure, there is yeah. that, you know, um, but I, it just, I don't know, it felt a little off to me and it kind of pulled me out, especially when most of the movie was, you know, that kind of grounded that you got for silent films, you know, where it's not, it's not necessarily overly dramatic ever, but it's, you know, it never takes itself too seriously, but there are some sweet tender moments in there. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, to me, it's just that one little bit. I was just like, I don't, I don't know that it quite fit, but I really love the rest of the movie. So. Oh yeah. Same here. It's just, everything about it just kind of clicked for me while watching it. it's one of the types of movies that for some reason I feel like I've seen a million of that I can only think of two off the top of my head, uh, Mm -hmm. two other examples but it's like, you hate watching it, but in the end it's great. Uh, The two I can think of are Gifted and Lilo and Stitch where it's like a a child or a pet comes into someone's life and then they take care of it and then some sort of organization tries to take it away but yeah. As the audience, you I, see, yeah, I can the, see where you're coming from there. On you that. see the connection that these two people or creatures have. Um, I guess um, "Gifted" is a the kid remake. Yeah, what's what's the Viggo Mortensen? Captain Fantastic is another one where it, um, it's like Stockholm Syndrome, but not bad. Where it's like because they're not actually captive. Um, my point is, I love that kind of story when it works yeah. well, and I think it works really well in this. Um, Aaron, you and I have talked about a million times on this podcast because we watch movies that have influenced other movies. Just like sometimes it's tough to see something, see a movie do something that's become a trope. Um, But even the first time I saw the kid, I didn't have that problem because it's just so delightful as it is. Like the, I love the slapstick humor. Like uh, we can get into the humor at some point, but I, I just like love so much else about it that the, the fact that it's become sort of a trope hasn't, didn't bother me. Oh, here we go. Paddington movies are are the same format. You yeah, know what? that's a good that's, point. That's not a bad. Uh... Would you consider the first uh, first Toy Story to be that? Buzz is kind of like that. I mean, forced into that role, and then Woody's kind of the begrudging father at some point. Well, there's no in Toy Story. There's not really like someone t- trying to take them away. You know, like, that's true. In yeah. Gifted, there's the also. The I would, I would be uh, reluctant to say that. Uh, even though, yes, he is kind of a reluctant father figure at the beginning of the movie. Charlie Chaplin in this movie kind of actually grows into the loving father is willing to about willing to give his life to keep this kid safe. So. No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, we'll, we can start off with the humor. Chaplin's known for his humor, right? Uh, yeah, so we, can, oh. we can start there. So it, it, he's very well known for his slapstick humor. Like like I said, when it came to the Great Dictator, I could 
this most of his uh, silent movie influences I could feel in the more comedic moments of that movie. Yeah, uh, I I laughed out loud I think three or four times in this not quite hour long movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the the specific examples I could think off the top of my head are when they're at the uh, um, the the like hotel for the night the the like common bed sharing space. And then he like spends all this time to like make sure that the blanket is all set right around him and the child. And then he just rolls over and takes the whole blanket. And it's not covering <laughs> yeah. either of them. Well, that, that was a great moment. Um, there's that. And then there's uh, one of them involving food. I can't remember. But there was a, a, a really great moment. Um, I love the, the scenes that they're just sitting around the table eating. Like the kid's just like just eating syrup because uh, he's a kid, you know. Yeah, kids do that. Um, the, was a kid once more can confirm the the fight sequence uh, yeah. with oh the, that was a great where the, moment where the kid throws the toys. I, did he throw the toys like on top of a building or something? It just looked like he threw them over a wall that the doorway was right there. Like I mean, I would uh, assume that's what you could imply, but I mean, I didn't really think much about where he threw the toys. Yeah. He just said he threw them, and then the kid just went yeah. and saying, "Oh, by the by the way, one interesting fact about this. I need to pull up the IMDb on it. Uh, Jackie Coogan, the the uh, actor who played the kid." Uncle Fester. Oh. oh, I love that. <laughs> he ended up playing Uncle Fester in the original Adams Family. So. Interesting. I love that. Uh, yeah, I figured you guys might uh, find some amusement out of that one. It, that's pretty yeah, cool, that's cool fact. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the the I, I even though I said I didn't really love the the like angels and Garden of Eden type of uh, scenario that they had, there was that really great moment where the guy that was the big tough guy, the older brother from earlier, where he's like got this girl with him, and then like because. This, this this world where there is no evil yet um he's like sharing his girlfriend or wife or whatever and then all of a sudden this like pitchfork and pointy ears you know creature comes up and like taps on the shoulder it's like jealousy and all of a sudden he's like hold on like but it was just funny <laughs> to like like he was like he walked up he's like oh okay that gives him a shake on the hand and it like tries to force them to kiss you know it's just like <laughs> yeah it was a lot of fun to see that uh there's a lot of really great moments that that made me giggle. Um, any other ones you guys can think of? I mean, you guys, uh, you really hit the ones that I was thinking off the top of my head. But one one moment that kind of brought down for me is after the whole like actual scene where Chaplin's fighting the kid who threw the toys, his older brother. Mm-hmm. Like right after he gets done like bonking him on the head with a brick like 18 times, and guy finally goes off with an assumed concussion. Our uh, female, what what, is, what was her name? Her uh, name was the woman. Yeah, yep. the woman uh, played by Edna. Edna. Pervance, I think. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to try to pronounce that again. But then she just shows up with the kid just going, he is sick. And it's like, how did he get sick all of a sudden? Right. Did he eat something he was not supposed to? What What's going on here? That was noticeable, but, you know, it's 1921. I, I'm willing to forgive yeah, it. I, yeah. I was about to say, that's one other thing about silent movies. I mean, like I said, Wings I've watched. Sunrise I've watched. Like, there's even one from 1912 I've watched that. There's just a point you have to accept a little bit less out of it than you would normally for a modern day movie because it's an entirely different time period and how they're making movies back then is entirely different so i'm willing to overlook something like that yeah like the the tramp isn't going to prison for battery on the older brother or anything like that like this this is like a fantasy world you know it's like i don't think you have to, to be worry fair, about the older brother i think started it so okay yeah, either well, way it's like they're not going to get arrested and all that well, going... there was even like like points that the uh, like like they're like th- the doctor comes and asks him, and he's like, "Are you this person?" He's like, "Well, practically, I'm the father," and he mm. explains the whole situation, and then they're like, "Oh, he must be taken to an orphanage," and da 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 da, da. and then it's like all of a sudden the the woman shows up with the same note, and is, and like, I'm, and then all of a sudden they give they give the kid to her. It's like, 
it's like like a DNA testing wasn't a thing back then, obviously. But it's just like any woman could have walked to people like I wrote this five years ago and left this child. It's like like yeah. So but you so, still but, get the point right, of the movie. The logic, you don't yeah. care, right? No, right. Um, I was going to mention a couple other uh, funny scenes, though. Yeah, yeah. The first, the first scene that Chaplin comes on, where he finds the baby, and then he's like trying to pawn it off, like on the <laughs> stroller, or put it back. Yeah, it's oh, like, that, every that time there's a, a police officer in this. Yeah, I love that. Especially like he puts the kid back down. It's like I don't know, I'm going to go out here. Turns around, the cops right there. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll get out of here. Then. Yeah, every time there's a police officer, all they do is kind of like give a stern look. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> because the other one that I wanted to mention was when the kid throws the. The uh, rocks at the windows for Charlie Chaplin to come in and be like, "Oh, I'll fix your windows." It's like all the place up. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just kind of gives a look, and that's all you know that you're in trouble. Um, yeah, I also like the point where he's like looking, kids looking around the window, like waiting for the next one, and all of a sudden he just feels something behind him, turns around, the cops right there. Yeah, that's remind me of the scene in Deadpool. Dad. <laughs> um, oh, no, but it's it's great because. There's so much good just physical comedy that the story, uh, like the mechanics of the story, don't aren't such a big deal because it's so consistently genuinely funny all the way through. Um, just because of how, just because of Chaplin's comedic timing, um, and then it's also like we were talking about, it's very moving. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of where I conclude at it, just being yeah. so high, like high like it, low love it. Then they also got to think about how. Back then, a lot of how that movie opens, that's really kind of how it was back then, too. Because, I mean, obviously, the woman is at that point in the movie is a single mother, doesn't really know what to do with her child. Back then, that was basically a, you also, I want to say you'd be a pariah to society. You're just, I mean, that would really happen. You just, that woman would be grappling with that decision. It's like, do I raise this child? What What do I do here? Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to touch on some of those, like, tender heartfelt moments. Um, I, I know that this would, like, is, was kind of promoted as like a movie that might make you cry or whatever. Uh, but like it promoted for 1921 in that way. And like, yeah, I think, I think like if this would have been my first ever movie, you know, like, or if I would have been alive when there aren't movies, like if, if I would have been alive in 1921, seeing this movie, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is, this is a really emotional movie. It does, it does heartfelt moments. Right. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not, I would, I would say it's a comedy above all. And then it would be like a, a drama yeah. second of all. Um, it, it definitely takes the back seat, but this movie really does heartfelt well and props to Chaplin for doing the score as well. Uh, cause the score is just really excellent at highlighting the mood of what the movie is supposed to feel like. Um, oh, yeah, and it's that... even more important when there's no dialogue, um, or, you know, even like sound effects. Um, yeah, I definitely see where you're great. coming from there. Like, especially in the scene where they actually do come take the kid away. The music just makes that a more impactful kind of moment there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it highlights every scene um uh really really great work uh, on the score there um but yeah just little little heartfelt moments um like when you see the kid cooking the pancakes like sure it's kind of funny because oh the other moment that i really laughed at was he finishes cooking the pancakes and then he has to go over to get chaplin out of bed and it's very like opposite of like when a mother has to get a teenager out of bed hmm. uh, like it, it's definitely playing off of that reverse where chaplin's like stubborn and he's like i don't want to get out of bed and he eventually like pulls the blanket over the head with that like hole that he has in the middle of the blanket oh yeah that's yes. perfect <laughs> that was a poncho blanket thing. yeah 
Yeah, like I, I laughed out loud when I realized what the scene was trying to do um, when they're trying to roll swap, and it was just like, oh, that's great. Um, I, I kind of wish I had a blanket like that now, where I just get out of bed, put it on as a poncho, and just you, walk you into the kitchen. You could do that. You could just take a blanket and take a knife in the middle. That would. Be yeah, that's true. true. That's true. Um, but yeah, I thought that was. Uh, uh, that was another really funny moment, but like, yeah, just really heartfelt, sweet. It does, it does a lot of the little moments, right? So that way when it's time for the big moments to come, like you, you see this kid get to be an adorable five-year-old for a couple seconds. Like right. when, when his mom, which we don't, which we know it's his mom at the time, but he doesn't like hands him the couple toys. Um, like that's, that's, a, you get to see him play with this little toy dog and a ball for a little bit. And he's just like overjoyed, excited. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it's so heartwarming. Um, you know, uh, that that when he loses that toy, you're like, oh no, don't take away that joy from him, you little prick kid. Um, <laughs> and then and then uh, kids are the worst guys. Uh, yeah, and kidding. then, uh, um, but then but then it, it makes it pay off a little bit more when when they're trying to take him away and uh, and and he's like you know screaming, and, um, like reaching out to him physically, uh, all that. Just um, it, it did the little moments right. So when the big moments were right. The, I was never on the verge of tears, but I was just like, oh, yeah, this is I, like... I wouldn't say I was really either, but yeah. I mean, they do those little moments perfectly to where you can really feel like, oh, yeah, this... Even though he's not his actual father, he actually really does care for this kid. He sees himself as his kid's central father figure, so it's yeah. it really does feel more impactful that way to where you actually understand, like, yeah, this guy would do just about anything to make sure this kid's safe. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know that I have any other... Uh, did you guys watch this on HBO Max? I actually... I did the first time I saw it, uh, but I got the Criterion also. I hate to admit that I rented it on Prime, but I didn't think about checking HBO Max first. Mm. I was just wondering, though. like, apparently the original 1921 version, um, at least according to IMDb, it says it was, sometimes they're wrong, though. it says an hour and eight minutes. Um, but apparently it, on the Criterion, it had this note in the front of it that said it was like uh 1972 restoration that a lot of the film had degraded i don't know did you have that as well joseph i don't remember seeing that on there honestly that must just be a criterion thing that they put on there to to kind of explain look at us elitists yeah. <laughs> anyway. um but yeah i thought the restoration looked really good yeah yeah i will say that does remind me because before we actually decided that it was going to be the kid i went ahead and watched both the kid and the general just go i had all my bases covered and but the general I originally tried to watch it free on Prime, but something... I don't know what it is with the soundtrack on the free version, but it's just like a high-pitched screeching almost that gave me a headache. Mm. Then I found a uh, version on the public domain. The soundtrack was as it should be in the actual release. So, I mean, it it's one of those weird things where you just got to be careful where you're getting it from, too, because you might get a version that's altered just enough to really make you hate the movie. Yeah, that's the thing yeah. with soundtracks at the time, too, right? Because they were typically played live yeah. for silent music or silent movies silent music um so uh it's it's just interesting that this is the way that it's been preserved indefinitely when it used to be you know almost improv yeah um okay do you guys have any any other things about the kid that you want to talk about or i don't so i think i'm good cool uh well uh we gotta talk about uh where that ranks on our list robert uh where would you put where does this rank on your goats that we've talked about list um i just did it it is at number 10 uh because i like it a lot uh but i think uh as we'll kind of get into we or i I tend to watch movies where i can latch on to dialogue and Mm -hmm. characters um more than something like this so while i still really like this a lot 
there's others that like I'll be able to that'll be more lasting for those reasons. Yeah. Uh, safe to say we could all say this is a goat, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I would agree. I would judge you if you said it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Um Robert, I also have this at ten. Um but it's weird. I think I in, like enjoyed this to the level that I think I enjoyed it more than most movies, but it's it's hard when it's a relatively shorter film that does a lot of little things right, um, but doesn't necessarily hit me the same way that cinema parody does, or doesn't quite give me the suspense that Rope does, or doesn't quite give me that want to think about it for a while like Ikiru does, or doesn't give me the like visual masterpiece that Nightmare Before Christmas is. So I had this just behind Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, um, just above Sunset Boulevard, um, so that'll be my my tenth spot. Um, but, but I enjoyed it more than a lot of the films before it, but it's, but it's just a matter of like, I enjoyed a higher percentage of it, but it's still half of the length of most of the movies we've talked about. You know, uh, Arsenic and Old Lace had the physical comedy, but it had funny lines on top of it. So I think that's kind of where the comedy is added for me in terms of goats that we've talked about. Yeah. I still had Arsenic and Old Lace above this as well. Yeah. Um, anyway, for sure. Um, well, on next uh, next week's go next month's go. why not next week. Uh, it's Christmas, so we're going to talk about the Muppets Christmas Carol, uh, one of the most uh, notorious Christmas movies of all time. Um, that's the one we're talking about. Um, it's just Robert and I for that. No guests um, for that week. Um, it'll be good. If Christmas uh, spirit is gone. We will not be sharing. <laughs> Nice. Um, well, let's move on to the B plot a little uh, then. Um, so Joseph asked this like really intriguing, complex question that was essentially like, "What's a movie quote that you heard it and you and then you didn't expect it to hit as hard as you did?" And I'm like, "That's one I would have to spend a while thinking about, mm-hmm. um, like weeks thinking about to compile three probably." Um, so I decided let's just let's let's simplify this uh, and let's let's keep it with a movie quote, but let's go with like movie lines that you quote. In your daily life frequency, um, I have uh, four written down, um, but uh, I'm positive that I'll think of ten more while we're talking. Uh, but I'll I'll limit myself. Um, so since it says limit five on the sheets, mm-hmm. um, we'll do like a we'll do like a rotation. So we'll each we'll each give uh, one, and we'll kind of do a round robin until we're satisfied. Uh, Robert, kick us off. So I actually um, had a difficult time with this question because my thing with quoting movies is that. In the course of a conversation, I'll have 25 quotes t- come to my mind, yep. but there's not necessarily something that I'm quoting regularly um, because, I don't know, just because I have such a wide array of quotes in my mind that could fit in very specific situations, mm-hmm. that I'm not necessarily saying the same things over and over again. Uh, so sometimes like, I'll just, I like to say funny things from movies, but it's just like, hey, remember that quote from that movie that we like? So it's kind of different than, you know, quoting in a conversation. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of wrote down, I over the past week or so, I wrote down just quotes that came up uh, nice. because I couldn't think off the top of my head. That's the long-winded answer. And the first one that I'll say is uh, from Knives Out. It's one of my favorite ones to say is when Benoit Blanc says, it makes no damn sense. Compels me, though. I, I love saying <laughs> that. Uh, I, need, I need to move that one into my lexicon, honestly. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, it's, it's perfect. I thought you were going to quote where he just goes, eat shit, eat shit, eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought you were going to quote the one where it's like, it's like a donut hole inside a donut hole. See, like that, see, doesn't... that doesn't come up frequently. Right. I love the quote, but it doesn't come up. The one yeah, where it's that, like, that's it makes true, no yeah. damn sense. I can, I can say that in my day-to-day life. 
Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, Joseph, which one you got? Well, honestly, I was hoping I would be able to get the chance to interrupt you on the, the intro to this part because the fact that there's one I like to say sometimes just online to see if I get a response from somebody. And it's just uh, from Airplane. Uh, surely you can't be serious. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, most of the lines from Airplane can be counted here. Um, yeah. So. I, I just like to throw that out there every once in a while, just especially in like a really serious situation to see if I can get somebody to actually respond with that reply. Yep. For sure. Uh, I'm going to start off with one. Um, it, this is, it, it's a way that I quote it, but I frequently uh, like, I don't know. I'm one of, I, I'm one of those people that tries to make a joke out of most things. So <laughs> I'll be like sitting on the couch, like with my wife and I'll look at her and I'll say in the immortal words of Forrest Gump, I got to pee. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, my you got to like surround it with, I'm quoting Forrest Gump when he, <laughs> yeah. Not the Forrest quote, uh, quote, quote you expected, but that's the one I delivered. Uh, Robert, round two. You know, as as we talk about this, I'll probably think of a million more, like you said, because like yeah. anything I watched with my friends in college, like Borat, Forrest Gump, Superbad, that stuff was quoted constantly. Uh, not so much since I graduated, though. Um, yeah, bench warmers and hot rod for me for my college friends. <laughs> you're too legit. I'm too. I smell cinnamon rolls. <laughs> I smell cinnamon rolls. Um, God, I had one like that in college, except it's a lot more X-rated, so I'm not going to share it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I quote Obi Wan from uh, from Revenge of the Sith a lot, and I say, oh, yeah. "You have Hello done there. that yourself." No. Uh, mm. So that that come, that does come up very fairly regularly. Uh, I use the the I didn't have this listed, but I used the like you were supposed to be the chosen one, mm. or, or it's you the chosen one. You were you were meant to destroy them, not join them. Like, oh my! I, I've been playing a lot of Among Us recently, and this uh, with this one group of people on this Twitch channel called Moko Made, and I killed somebody one time, and they sent me a message in Discord going, "You are the chosen one." Yeah. <laughs> that uh, one, I, 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 I had to keep from laughing. That happened. <laughs> I had to I had to keep myself from laughing in the uh, deliberation stage when they did that to me. Yeah. Um, all right, Joseph, round two. I got a kind of an interesting question for round two here. Can, can a song from a movie kind of count on that? Mm, I mean, if it's an original, right? Yeah, I, I would, might say that. In that case, the question then would be uh, from La La Land. Uh, I, I don't want to call it like, it's not the duet. It's the soliloquy one where uh, Ryan Gosling's on the pier and he sings uh, City of Stars. Yeah. I, I hate to admit that one. I sing to myself entirely too much. Sure, that's a just yeah. really infectious melody. Yeah, I find, I mean, my, I find myself uh, humming uh, "Waste of a Lovely Night" more frequently yeah. than I do anything else. Yeah, it's just one of those things when I'm in like in a, kind of an iffy mood. Sometimes it just that song comes to me and I just silently sing it to myself. So, hmm. yep. Uh, coming from one of my favorite movies of all time, Inglorious Bastards. Ooh, that's a bingo. That, that's another good one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a very good one. I need to rewatch that movie sometime. Actually, yeah. So what's weird about me is that I get like very specific. Like sometimes no one realizes it's a is it's a movie quote. Um, I've I've even gotten to the point where if like I say something kind of like just weirdly, my wife will be like, "Was that a movie quote?" Just because if I say something in a certain tone of voice, she's just expects something to be expect me to be quoting something. So uh, uh, an example of that is in the Princess Bride when. The grandfather sits down to read the book to the grandson. He goes, okay, all right. And just like anytime <laughs> I'm settling in to do something, I'll just go, okay, all right. 
And no one ever, excuse me, no one ever realizes I'm quoting something, but I completely am. Yeah. <laughs> that, All right, that's that's fun. Got? It's funny you bring up the Princess Bride because my next one is one I, I use a lot, especially with somebody that's something that makes no sense. And it, it's just uh, the line uh, Inigo Montoya says, it's just, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Yep. Just when somebody does something that just makes no sense to me whatsoever, I just like to throw that out there. I tried to go for the least obvious ones because, like, yeah, like that one or, like, inconceivable or, like, anything that, like, you know, like, I I, I tweeted out the um, uh, the, uh, Luke in The Last Jedi saying amazing every word in that sentence you said was just wrong. Like, anything. Yeah. Like, I use that one frequently, and that's relatively common, so... um, all right, for my round three, uh, I'm going to give a specific context for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a Billy Madison quote from the very beginning of the movie where he's got too much sun, he's hallucinating, and he sees this penguin, and he's chasing around, and the whole time it's just, you know, it is Adam Sandler voice. He's going, come here, Mr. Penguin! And then I'd be playing the Batman Arkham games, and the penguin would be the villain, and I'd be sitting on the couch. <laughs> singing, I had a feeling we were going penguin. this route. I had a feeling we were and going then, this uh, route. And then my, my wife would be like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> so yeah, anytime that uh, the character Penguin ac- appears, I associate him with Billy Madison now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that was not a bad uh, Sandler impression. Thank you. I wasn't I expecting that. I wasn't expecting i got to be honest. But, nice. Um, here's what, I, I wrote down a lot because, like I said, I wrote down just everything that I was saying over the course of the last week. Yeah, we so. can keep going for a hot second. Um, That's fine. But this is one that I... Quote, this is another, like, really specific one. I think it's Pirates of the Caribbean 2. Yes, it's Pirates of the Caribbean 2 at the very beginning when they picked Jack up after he was riding in the uh, <laughs> the coffin and he has the, the drawing of the key, as he says. Um, they ask him, which direction or which way should we set sail? And he says, that way direction. Uh, <laughs> so anytime someone... It's usually my wife when we're, like, leaving the house. It's like, which way are we going? That way direction. So I say that a lot. Nice. What do you got, Joseph? Well, this one, I actually only recently learned it was a uh, quote from a movie because I just thought it was a funny thing that Adam Savage said on Mythbusters. And I'm watching Adam Savage test it, and I learn it's from a movie called Dungeon Master, which I want to find now and watch. But it's a, uh, I reject reality and I substitute my own. Hmm. I mean, I, I use that quite a bit in some cases whenever there's a disagreement, and it's just, it's a petty disagreement even at that. I'll just randomly throw that in there whenever I get a chance. Nice. Um,. Uh, this is this maybe a small cheat because it's a TV show, not a movie. Uh, but my favorite line from Scrubs, which I use frequently, is uh, there's this moment where Doctor Cox, who's notoriously a, um, a harasser, um, w- uh, tells this person, he's like, "I believe in two things. Number one is that you are the most incompetent person that works in this hospital. Number two is that if there was a uh, <laughs> uh, is is if the internet took away porn, there would be one website left, and it would be called Bring Back the Porn. I knew this was gonna you're gonna go there. I mean, I use a Dr. Cox quote myself sometimes too, and it's just the time when he goes wrong, 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 yep. wrong, 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 wrong. What you got, Robert? Yeah, I also I, I kept it to just movies because if we uh, expanded to yeah. TV, YouTube, and pop culture, then there'd be so many more. Well, TV was really the only that was the only poll I get from TV. Yeah. So. I watch so many sitcoms like uh, that I've seen episodes multiple times, so that lines are burned into my brain that I can quote them. Um, we, how many have we done? What round is this? Uh, four, I think. Whatever. Four. We'll just keep going for a hot second. Right, I just have, not fun anymore. I just have two more. 
Um, I have several. Since you said to keep it a five, I tried to. I know, but I've been thinking about so many. I've been writing them down as I've been thinking about them. No, Uh, I mean, I had a couple that just popped in my head that I do kind of either a trolley or to be serious sometimes, but. My Lord of the Rings reference for the day is I say a lot, uh, just like Gollum does. So anytime I'm making trouble, it's sneaking, you know. Before my voice changed, like before I went through puberty, I could do the Gollum voice really well, and it's not really there anymore. Oh, God, that, this is making me think in Dungeons & Dragons, there's a session I'm playing up where fellow hip-hop writer Chris is the DM, and I've, I've jokingly referred to my character, anytime he gets something, he just, and they talk about it, it's like, we need to redivide this, so is there anything you want to give up? I'm just like, precious. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just don't want to give up stuff sometimes, but... What do you got, yeah. Joseph? Uh, this is probably the one I use the most often, and it's literally any time I am doing... I mean, it can be at work or it can be when I'm doing something around the house and it's just something is proving to be a lot more difficult than I anticipated it being. And it's funny we mentioned The Martian earlier because it's from The Martian. It's a, I'm going to have, and you might want to censor this, by the way, but it's, I have, I'm going to have to science the shit out of this. Just yeah. like any time, and it happens a lot, any time I just suddenly realize this is taking a lot more effort than I thought. Mm-hmm. I just got to step back and then just kind of whisper that to myself a little bit before I get back to it. Yep. Uh, I also tried to keep these two uh, at least one movie, like one per movie, because I think I could pull four or five from Billy Madison. Uh, I could pull five or six from Anchorman, but I'm going to go with 50% of the time. It works every time. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Isn't it 60% of the time? Whatever. It, whatever percentage. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, the, I think the one that everyone uses is the one where it's like, well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah, that or the I'm in a glass case of emotion or uh, the... Um, uh, I don't know what we're yelling about. <laughs> so, yep, any of those. It's Anchorman, not Anchor Lady. <laughs> God, I've got to watch this movie. I've really got to watch this movie. Oh my yeah. goodness! Uh, I recently—I'm not going to name names—but I recently had someone in a group chat who had caps lock on, and they were just sending stuff in all caps. <laughs> so all they said was, "I don't know what we're yelling about." <laughs> nice. Um. Yeah, here, here's my last. Here's my last one. I'm gonna go do a twofer from the same movie. Uh, one, it, they're both from Dune. Uh, I've been saying this is only the beginning a lot because that's what Zendaya says. That's the last line of the movie. And then, uh, wait, Zendaya's in that movie? Oh yes, she's in that <laughs> movie. And then this is this is one that I'll say to my wife a lot. I'll just be like, Hey, Laura, desert power, and I, I just like <laughs> I just like saying desert power anytime I'm thinking about how awesome Dune is. I'm like, Hey, desert power. <laughs> I'm going to jump off of that because I have two two that fit that exact thing. There is no context. I just say them a lot. Yeah, uh, They're both from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and they're both from my favorite part of that movie, which is the like newly married, very conservative Christian couple. <laughs> uh, where where there's, there's one line that's quoted frequently where uh, the guy from 30 Rock, I can't remember his name. Jack McBrayer. Yeah, he, he'll just say, uh, off to find the middle, mythical clitoris. And, uh, <laughs> but the, the other one is... <laughs> Uh, the one that I the one that I like actually more than that is uh, is like there's a scene of them actually in the bedroom like no no God put our mouths on our heads for a reason. <laughs> uh, I love him so as an actor and his that's his second best character after Kenneth. They're, they're sneakily the best best part of forgetting Sarah Marshall. I mean Paul right. Rudd is a go to of like he's also great, but every single line they deliver is perfect. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just happen to think of one. Uh... From, especially, it's from a TV show, Parks and Recreation, but and I use it a lot, especially online. Whenever people start talking about something, and just to, 
like I'll look at Discord and I'm like, oh, there's 500 messages in the past hour. I'll just quietly just go, I have no idea what's going on at this point. I'm too afraid to ask. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, I got a couple. I'm just going to rapid fire them. Uh, here's your obligatory nice guys reference. Uh, don't say and stuff. Just say blank. <laughs> yeah, I say that all, all the time too. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll uh, we'll also go with um, uh, Scott Pilgrim quote. Uh, you know what sucks? Everything. Yeah. Um, no, that's true. That's, that, that, that's definitely a very good one to use there. I was just thinking of one, but I told. Oh, it's the uh, I use I use this quote all the time. It's from the Lego Movie uh, where um, Emmett. Uh, Chris Pratt's character goes, all right, I think I got it, but just in case, say the whole thing over again. <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's the best. Like, whenever anybody's explaining, like, rules to a board game or whatever. And you just go blank. Yeah. Uh, last two are uh, my heavyweights reference is uh, don't put Twinkies on your pizza. Um, whenever anybody asks, like, what did you learn? Don't put Twinkies on your pizza. <laughs> and uh, this one I use uh, frequently is, oh, check out the big brain on bread. Oh, what is that from? Obviously. What was Pulp it Fiction. Pulp Fiction. That, that's right. Yeah. My friend in college, uh, it's a good thing he doesn't listen to podcasts because I would pick on him constantly, is that he always tried to quote stuff, but he would always get the quote wrong. And he every time he ate a burger, he would always say, hmm, this is a mighty fine burger. I'm like, that's the wrong line. Is this, <laughs> this is a tasty burger. <laughs> God, that, that reminds me, uh, I saw this in a uh, YouTube video with this company called Rooster Teeth. They did a animated thing. One of them, one of the people who works there just loves puns. And this is one I've always wanted to do. Just go into this. It's a Texas restaurant chain. What a burger. Just go in, order a sandwich, take a bite, be like, man, what a burger. And just, just leave. <laughs> well, uh, we'll throw in one more Pulp Fiction from that scene. But it's, uh, uh, this is some serious gourmet shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's good well, uh, that's a good one to end on. Uh, yeah. So we'll move on to the spinoff. Uh, Joseph, what's that one thing you want to uh, talk about, uh, recommend or warn? Well, this is definitely going to be a recommend. And uh, before I start, I want to ask you guys a question. Have either of you ever played League of Legends? Nope. No. Somehow I'm the only one here who played League of Legends. And frankly, I was I not a big fan of that game. But a person who's in a different D&D campaign that I'm in recommended to me to watch the series on Netflix, Netflix called Arcane, which is uh, done by Riot Games, who makes League of Legends, and I don't remember the name of the other company that does it off the top of my head. But it kind of tells, like, the backstory of uh, some of the characters from the game. And, I mean, I've only watched three episodes as of right now. At, as of recording, there are six episodes out, and three more are supposed to drop uh, the 20th, which for us right now is tomorrow. And I am honestly just blown away just by how good this is. It, it's really just drawing me in onto the series like i almost when we're done if i didn't have to load a truck i'd just pull it up and watch the next three episodes now so i could be prepared for tomorrow nice yeah it's got uh let me pull it up real quick it's got uh kevin alejandro as a voice actor in it uh jason spicek i think is he i pronounce his name i could just be butchering it though uh Haley steinfeld harry Lloyd. There, there's a lot of good voice actors in this series too that just really helps bring it into uh whole nother level and the animation style very much is like the game and just it fits somehow very well for what they're trying to do here so i mean i would highly recommend if you have netflix go check out uh arcane on there which is also very funny because i think last week on the podcast you said something about no one's buying netflix in 2021 well i resubbed like three months ago <laughs> no nobody pays for netflix one person pays for netflix and everybody else in the world has they just off them. they just yeah they just use their password <laughs> yeah Yep. That's true. Um, uh, I'll go next. Uh, Robert, we'll let you clean up. Um, 
I uh, have been playing video games a lot uh, since the end of COVID because I fell in love with video games again. Um, and I think that there's, uh, there's this game I, I started playing again from Nostalgia because there was a remake that came out. And I'm very impressed with the remake. It's uh, really done well. It's not buggy. Uh, it's got a definite upgrade. It feels like a rework from the ground up. And that is Destroy All Humans. Um, this is like PS2, an original Xbox game that I played on my ps2 back in the day uh but the remaster is really great um and I, I i love visiting this game as well like now that i'm you know 26 as opposed to when i initially played it when i was like six uh, not six like 11 um because so it, it, the setting if you've never played the game is in like 60s like various places around uh, the u.s like you got like farm town you got small town you got like beach city you got capital city um lots of uh lots of um places that feel like the 60s um and so it's also narrated and kind of presented in a twilight zone kind of way uh and then there's also a lot of like older movie references scattered throughout um it's it's very much like a uh it's they don't break the fourth wall like deadpool does but it's very much a um like a tone a mood is, is that um, the one where you're trying to just basically infect, infect like everyone in the world with zombies? Something uh, like that. I mean, aliens, but aliens. Uh, yeah. I, I can't remember not, sure not what it was. Really. No, the the plot for the first game is that you play Crypto One Three Seven and One Three Six. His brother was uh, like crash landed on Earth, and so he goes to find out where the brother is. Eventually, uh, you know, try to try to save him once he finds out where he is. Okay. Um, it actually has a story. It's not just. You know, here's the thing. And it's kind of a mix of open world and single player. Anyway, it's great. Yeah, it I'm maybe cost... thinking of an entirely different game there, but... It only cost like uh, like $40 when it came out. So Black Friday deals, I'm sure you can find a really good... Company. Yeah. Is that Robert, what you got? Yeah, I haven't watched a ton of great movies lately. That sounds bad. But anything that isn't like new. Um, but my wife and I have been watching a lot of old episodes of Modern Family uh, just because we decided to throw it on one day. Uh, we've seen it all the way through. I've seen most of them a million times each, but not in a while. And now all of a sudden we're just watching Modern Family reruns again. And they're as great as ever. And I just, it has, I think, 11 seasons. Yeah. And I think most of them are still great. There are a couple where the writers didn't really know what to do as the kids were getting older because it really just completely changed the dynamic of the show. But uh, for the most part, this is a consistently great show all the way through. Um, so. Yeah, there's my 30-second recommendation to go watch Modern Family somehow haven't. Yeah, this is on my queue. I've seen episodes here and there, but yeah, it's one I've been wanting to check out. Um, yeah, I was going to ask several... you, like, I hear that it starts to suck after season five, so... It doesn't. never starts to suck. There are some parts that are, like, that make you remember how great it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, like, a typical show, it's still really funny, but you know what it was capable of. But then once the kids kind of reach a certain age, then it gets to the point where it's like, oh, the writers kind of figured out what to do with them at this point in their lives. And now we're back to being at a high quality. So, And I assume it like holds up well. Like to me, a lot of The Office has not held up well. Obviously, Friends has not held up well. Like, Yeah, it still holds up really well. Um, there's not really a lot about it that has... It's, it's just like a really sincere and genuine show about family. You know, it's not like about a certain point... Uh, you know, like Parks and Rec is about Obama, America, uh, Obama era America. Mm-hmm. You know, Friends is the laugh track sitcom. You know, um, it, there's not really anything like that about it that's that could have really aged yet. And I think it's still hilarious. I I 
laugh out loud at every episode. Cool. Yeah, I was about to say, I've seen a couple of episodes of Modern Family every once in a while when it comes on TV, and it's it's a great one to at least have in the background on. Because, I mean, any episode I've seen of it, I've, at worst, just been like, no, it's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a, that's a wrap. Uh, quick reminder that Civ Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Uh, if you want to write for civpop.com, you want to get in contact to us, uh, send us a question to explore during the B plot or give us some feedback, we'd love that. Uh, you can email writersroom at civpop.com. You can also get in contact with me via Twitter at Schweitcastle. Um, letterboxed there as well. Uh, but that's the ways you can connect with me and the show. Uh, Joe, Robert, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Rob's thoughts, I think. And uh, <laughs> I don't even know what I am. <laughs> and uh, on YouTube, uh, which is just Robert's thoughts. That... Nice. And uh, where do you want to send people, Joseph? Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter or uh, pitch a couple of ideas for the uh, out of market series, you can uh, find me at, uh, at Joseph CSHN Davis, which Quite honestly, I've been debating a while to if I want to change my Twitter handle because that's honestly a mouthful. Uh, if you want to follow me on Letterbox, it's JC Davis three one four. And I mean, if you like Twitch, you can see me in the morning DNA trolling the comments or with Moco Made as well, just in the comments section there. Cool. If you want to come pester me there as well? Go right ahead. Well, as always, um, I had a great time. Thank you guys for coming on. Appreciate your time. Yeah, let's get back to the writers' room. Why? <laughs> why uh pain why not sorry luckily nobody ever listens to the end of episodes so uh (laughs) i do but i think i'm the only one uh yeah uh so anyway really appreciate you guys um thanks for taking the time to watch the movie and to record with me uh next month like i said we're coming back with uh muppets christmas carol for a goats episode and next week um it'll be a nostalgia week finally getting a chance to talk about chicken run with vince um it's been forever since i've seen that movie (laughs) supposed to happen a while ago and then we had technical difficulties and so i was like who can record on a day's notice shane you want to talk about Mm -hmm. something and he's like let's talk about jimmy newton boy genius and that's what we did and i think that was like june so we're finally getting around to chicken run with vince oh man Uh, shane is a madman i swear that's true it's his birthday on the recording so oh happy birthday to him uh i I just don't know when he sleeps (laughs) he doesn't he can't (laughs) Um, he, he just plugs into the wall and keeps going. Yeah, it's got to. So, um, well, we'll catch you guys uh, next week uh, with uh, the Chicken Run episode.